This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. The Bootstrap Podcast Show is a production of Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, a grassroots entrepreneur-led movement to bring together, celebrate and give a voice to Australia's entrepreneurship community. On the podcast, we speak with the movers and shakers of Australia's entrepreneurship community to give a glimpse into the future of business. Bootstrap Podcast on OzPod Syndicate. A former lawyer, Lloyd has three university degrees in biomedical science, business, and law. He was admitted to Supreme Court of Queensland as a lawyer in 2008. He also a candidate for the Level 3 CFA chartered exam. Lloyd has built a million-dollar share portfolio from scratch in his spare time and is the author of the newest book on personal finance, Money Grows on Trees. He was also the INBA Natural Bodybuilding he and his wife, Alicia, are the founders of the Side Hustle Secret. Having built a large online network marketing business from scratch, having helped over 65 people create five and six figure online side hustles following their unique online system. They are now on a mission to help 1,000 more people diversify their income and level up their money game. You can check Lloyd at moneygrowsontreesbook.com, on his website, lloydross.com, on Instagram, it's Lloyd James Ross, and a Twitter, Lloyd James Ross. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Please welcome to our bootstrap podcast under Ospod Syndicate, Mr. Lloyd Ross. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Mika. Great to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, I'm all about bootstrapping to success, so happy to be here. Thank you so much for your for your time. So, love to start with you. Love to start with your kind of telling our audience, since our audience is start, uh, it's a startup, uh, thinking of getting to be an entrepreneurs, or doing a bootstrapping. So. Can you tell me a little bit about you, who you are, and how you got to where you are now, including writing this very interesting book, Money Grows on Tree? 
Yes, I can. Thank you so much. Well, that's my alarm to make sure that I get on time for your podcast. That's, um, it's great to um, kind of hear that. I think it's really interesting is looking back at what you've achieved uh, and thinking, wow, that's a lot, there's a lot in there. Uh, but also feel like I've underachieved a lot too because I compare myself to a lot of big hitters out there who have done wonderful things with their life and the world and their career. So um, it's a, a, and I started off like at university, like you read out that, that, that information and it's like I had, I spent way too long at university, but I had a very persuasive father and uh, he, he always wanted an education for me because he didn't have one. So that's where it started. But I wasn't really into academics and I got into corporate in real estate property development. Didn't really have the the nature for that either. I was, I'm really psychologically unemployable in a nine to five type role. It's just capped for me. So I had this entrepreneurial bone or, or itch that I needed to scratch. And eventually I left the corporate world. I resigned in 2012 and got into property sales, which is a step closer to having a bit more freedom and flexibility, but I was self-employed. I didn't have a business, didn't have any automatic income. I actually just, you know, had to show up and do selling. So I looked further into ways I could earn income, a residual type income, and got into the world of accidentally of network marketing, which allowed us to market products all over the world from our bedroom. And we built a million dollar business doing that part-time. So we bootstrapped our way there because we only started up for about 500 bucks and bootstrapped our way all the way to a very great full-time income in that industry. Plus, I was able to develop a, a million-dollar share portfolio in that time as well um, that produces great passive income to us. And I just launched my new book, Money Grows on Trees, with my courses on money and investing. So I'm really excited to get that going, and that's already producing uh, you know, great profits already since September. So, yeah busy and excited and that's that's kind of how i've it's led me to here on your podcast so your podcast journey starts here take the first step on your side hustle with us it starts with a great domain get your podcast web host with beard and coffee at www.beardandcoffee.com.au or find us at facebook so during your during your journey I know your dad is one of the, well, you say one of the big name on entrepreneurship in the business um, industry. Is your dad a big influence in your journey as an entrepreneur? Yeah, definitely. Um, he, he really, cause he left school in grade 10 uh, and was a, like a plant mechanic. He was a diesel fitter. He was in a trade and he didn't like that. So he got into the world of sales and life insurance. And so he really was trained as a salesman and he was a very, very, very effective salesman, <laughs> one of the best. And, um, and when I was young, I got to see him, he worked really hard. So he would travel away, work really hard. He, he became a millionaire at 28 and built one of the top 400 companies in our state by the time he was in his mid thirties, which is incredible. He had 30, 40,000 clients in across Australia. And, yeah, so I got to witness firsthand the success, the meteoric success that he had, which brought me closer to the world of entrepreneurship. Um, and then he, you know, branched out and, and built a property business that he's been running for 35 years. So that was also great to model that and to model him. So he's definitely been the biggest influence uh, in my life in terms of business to date, uh, I think, you know. Did you realize you, you follow your footsteps with your father? 
Well, yeah, because I always wanted to work with him. It would, you know, made a lot of sense. He was the most successful person I knew personally, but I never really got a chance to him until I was about 28. So I went to university, got in, became a lawyer, got into corporate, um, and then ended up coming back and working with him for about seven years in, in our in the property business. And it was fun. It was fantastic. It was challenging. It was great. Um, learned a lot. I think taught him a lot too, and we helped each other. And uh, it was, it. I always did want to follow in those footsteps. To to put it bluntly, I, of course, it just made sense. But then after that, after I did that, I was like, okay, I've done the, I followed in the footsteps. Now I'm gonna go and make my own footsteps. And that's really what led me to getting into online business. And I just it grew from there. And now I'm kind of we're doing well, carving out my own path, so to speak. Right. So because I was reading in your biography. It's, it's, you got three degree and do you have any regret of, because you're studying, you got biomedical, you go in on the law, law as well, and you got another degree. And now you are in the entrepreneur journey. Is that, how, how do you feel? Because you got three degrees working in a corporate um, corporate area and now You're doing yeah. different from what you study. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Back in the early 2000s, when I, I graduated high school in two, the year 2000, this is 20 years ago, and back in those days, entrepreneurship was not what it is now. So, like, you couldn't just create a business almost out of thin air <laughs> using social media. But, you know, it wasn't available then. It wasn't around. It wasn't a thing. And Apple iPhone hadn't been invented yet. So it was just, it, it just, the opportunities weren't out there like that. That's what you did back then. You went to university and you went into the corporate world and then perhaps you bought a franchise or you got into business some other way. But, but I never had any, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen to my life. I can't say I regret those three degrees because it shows up as quite a, it's quite a thing when someone reads that they go, wow, like it, it's a bit of a wow factor because it does take tremendous discipline to finish those heavyweight degrees from great business schools and law schools. And so I don't regret it. It's just that I wouldn't do it again, knowing what I know now, because it's so simple to jump on and start a business like from your iPhone in your bedroom and create amazing freedom income. I just, I think the world of academics is not as valuable as what it used to be. So, yeah, no regrets, but wouldn't do it again. All right. So you're saying because during your time, it's uh, going into intermediate is a hard work, unlike today. Is that right? It's a different. Well, back then, well, yeah, because back then it was like I remember, you know, you had to, you could still do it, but I think it was a bit harder because to access people back then, I think the main conduit for traffic was email addresses email marketing was big back then this podcast is brought to you by ospad syndicate powered by kangaroo fern media lab kangaroo fern is australia's independent video and podcast management agency with a mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting book now via www.kangaroofern.com and so how do you become a, a great direct response marketer in email? And I, I don't know anyone doing that back then. And I remember my dad had telemarketers that were just cold calling. I mean, that was how you started business back then. You cold called from your phone. 
And I remember even asking girls for a date. It was a cold call to their home number at their house. You know, millennials would never do that now. That would be ridiculous. So that's the world of business back then. And I guess it was just harder from a from a risk standpoint. Uh, needed you, you you back then you required more capital, you required taking on more risk, and you required more skills in terms of getting on phone and doing selling and stuff. I think so. It was a lot harder back then. I feel personally. So. Now you, now you are inside the entrepreneurship arena. How do you feel? <laughs> feel great. <laughs> no, I, I feel really good. I feel it's um, the thing with entrepreneurship is not a zero sum game. Like it's not a finite game. Uh, it's an infinite game. It's not where you climb to CEO level and then you get cross recruited to CEO somewhere else and you just spend your life as a CEO. It's like the world, it's unlimited in your growth and and income and impact. It's unlimited. Like look at Grant Cardone. He has just gone from one level to another. It's almost like he's just keep going. Elon Musk, you know, going to go to Mars. I mean, there's just unlimited, uncapped. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship. So it really makes me happy to always be progressing. And I don't, and it's a puzzle that you never get to solve, which is like so entertaining and interesting. And there's so many parts to it that you have to level up and become a great human being to be a successful entrepreneur. So I, I'm really happy with just being on the journey. I'm happy with that. That's what gives me happiness. Like I'm happiest right now doing this with you. This is me as happy, you know, this is it. I love it. So is there any challenge during this time for being an entrepreneurs? Because some some yeah. people, some entrepreneurs, especially right now, it's a COVID, it's a different, they have challenges, they need to adapt on what's happening. Some, some business are closing down because of the COVID. So yeah. what is your challenge uh, being an entrepreneur? Well, compared to a lot of others, I don't feel like I've had massive challenges. So like, you know, COVID didn't actually affect our business. In fact, we grew by about 300% because it's largely online what we do. So uh, I think being in front of the trends and being a fast adopter, an early adopter and an innovator prevents a lot of problems because I found even when I you know, started working with my dad, the, the business hadn't been innovated fast enough and the pivot should have happened about five or six or seven years earlier and it didn't. And so we, our hand was forced and when you're forced to pivot, that's when you've got a lot of problems. And I think you're seeing that now with COVID, a lot of companies have now officially been forced to pivot online, but they should have been exploring that opportunity 10 years ago. They should have, but they didn't. They're laggards. They're too late to change. So I feel like being on the front foot and being innovative has prevented us having major problems. But we've also been relatively lucky because regulation hasn't really thrown a spare in the works to date. Um, but I think there was moments where, you know, like I was in business with my dad and we, you know, we were struggling to pay the rent and stuff. And there were moments where we'd get locked out of the office, you know, from the land. Like there was some bad, like hardcore things that happened during that period that I was a part of. I think the most challenging thing, launching our, our network marketing business in the beginning was figuring out the marketing because this box of products rocks up at your house and you've got to figure out how to market it from the beginning and you've got to bootstrap your way there. Like you have no budget, no, you know, experience, no funnels, nothing, no, no existing audience or list. It's just like, here's the box. How are you going to sell more of these? And that's, that was probably the biggest challenge because we started off handing out flyers in the, 
the you know theme park car parks to cars. That's how we started, and it failed miserably. But we had we went okay, that didn't work. Let's try um you know blasting it to email lists and doing an automated campaign. That didn't work so well. And then eventually we started modeling people that were successful and bit by bit, we had a little bit more success, a little bit more success and a little bit more success, but we've done little things that have failed, but I think we've been pretty smart. So we've not had anything drastically fail as yet. Like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button. Now this podcast is possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. That's great. So since our audience is from, it's um, individual people who wanted to start a business or want to be part of entrepreneurship or doing a startup or bootstrapping, what, what is your, based on your experience, what is your advice to like a startup? And they have an yeah. idea, so say starting an online business. Uh, yeah. What is your advice to them so that they can be successful and not to make some mistake, nothing yeah. happen. Well, you have to make mistakes. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you have to really jump in and make mistakes and be okay with it. As long as you're quick to become aware of them and say, whoop, that was a mistake. Let's pivot and move here and let's try this. Because the world of business and marketing and online business and so forth is really more about, uh, testing and measuring things. So you're testing all the time, you're experimenting all the time until you discover, wow, that worked really well. Let's, let's do that again. And once you discover that way that's worked, you double down on it and you start to scale it. Okay. So you start to really dig deep into that one area that's producing the most sales for you. So my advice would be when you're starting a business, number one, you don't have to create the product that is probably the number one thing preventing people from getting started today is they think they have to create the product. And of course they can't think of it. They don't know how to do it. And then they're just dead. They're stopped. It's game over. They're done. And it's like, well, that didn't last long. So I think first lesson is don't create your own product when you first start out. The second lesson is you need an audience. You need traffic. You need people who want to buy your thing. So once you've established your product and you've, you've got it off someone else, whether you're a partner with a network marketing company, an affiliate product, or an in, someone else's info product, whatever it is, um, even if you've bought off AliExpress and you want to resell stuff and drop ship it, that's still someone else's product you're using, which is totally fine. It's how most entrepreneurs get started. Then you have to have traffic. You have to have eyeballs on your offer. And the, far, the most effective ways to get eyeballs on your offer is to create some sort of organic traffic because you don't have to pay for it. So if we're talking about bootstrapping and starting out with not a lot of money, then you have to be on Instagram. You have to be on Instagram and posting three times a day, right? Minimum. And you have to be doing stories in Instagram and you have to be DMing other people and networking through Instagram a lot. And I think Facebook and Instagram is where you start and you have to be doing Facebook lives, Instagram lives, Facebook stories, Instagram stories, and networking there to really start to just begin to build up some traffic of a potential customer to your offer. Okay. That's the first thing. Cause it'll get you used to being in front of the camera It'll get you used to saying things and talking about your stuff and sharing your story. And it'll get you building up a potential organic audience. Basically that's where you've got to begin. All right. Uh, and it's free. Uh, and then you have to make enough. So you have to 
The third thing is when someone's interested in your product or your thing, your service or your product, you have to have a system which onboards them or gets them to buy. So either a funnel, uh, either a, a, a link, um, a webinar, a sale, a phone call, like a butcher's book a phone call, we'll jump on the phone and see if you can do a sale, right? It has to have some mechanism from take them from, okay, you got an inquiry from social media, how do you convert them into a sale now? And you have to have that system down pat. You know, you'd want to test that system out, okay? It'll suck when you first start for sure because it's just very clunky, but over time you'll find something that works. That's the third lesson. And then once you've got that and you've got your product, you've got your traffic and eyeballs on it, you know, your offer on social media and you've got your sales converting systems organized, then they're the three core things you really need to establish and execute on to begin. Once that happens, after that, it's about, okay, this works. How do we scale? How do we get more eyeballs? And that's when you can go to pay traffic and, you know, support groups, Facebook groups to build a community around your product, which helps a lot. And then after that, affiliates, get some affiliates to start sharing your stuff for you. So, so thank you for that tips. So do you think on people who are starting up on a business or do you think, what is your opinion about getting mentors, mentor, uh, if you're doing a new business? Is that, do you agree with that? Yes, massively. You, you just, success is most easily achieved when it's modeled from someone who's already doing it. If you don't have a mentor, you would just, it's just going to take you so long and you're going to make a lot of mistakes you don't need to. So definitely settling up next to a mentor would be a, a wonderful step uh, to begin with even, you know, to that point. And it's a great point you raised because that should probably be the first. And I mean, realistically online now, you can actually go and be mentored by people like Russell Brunson and Dan Henry and, you know, Fraser Brooks and these guys who are online, you can just saddle up to their stuff and buy their courses and follow them. And that's the beginnings of your mentorship. Read their books. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Great. So, so you've been successful in your business and you got three business, uh, three degree in, in education. But when was it that you decide to write this book? So uh -huh. money yeah. grew on three. So when I start to see that, oh, money yeah. grew on three. I have, I have a money tree outside of my house, but money grow on three. <laughs> you have a money tree? That's great. That's good. I'm glad. I mean, the thing is that during my... I started investing in shares when I was 24. I read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Richest Man in Babylon. I read The Snowball by Warren Buffett. I read The Intelligent Investor. I read a lot of books on money, investing when I was younger, in my early 20s, late teens and early 20s. I got really started very early and I didn't want to buy real estate because I knew it didn't produce cash flow. So I learned about stocks and then I went and did my CFA charter, which is a really tough financial exam. It's the hardest in the world. And it's more thought of and more sought after than an MBA now. And I got to level three of that three-part exam, six hours, studied for a year, said it was hectic. I did that in my mid-20s, late-20s. And I learned so much. And I started investing and building up this massive share portfolio, massive for me anyway. It's now about seven figures. And it allowed me to, like what I learned was that if I invest in dividend stocks, 
and was patient over time and added to it that I would have effectively planted a money tree. I'd taken money I'd earned, I'd saved it, and then I'd invested it in stocks and that was producing money back to me. So I was basically buying income. And to me, it felt like I'd planted the money tree, it had grown, and now it was producing, instead of fruit, it was producing money. And I thought everyone knew about that. And it turns out they didn't. And it turns out on my network marketing journey of building my business that a freaking lot of people have no idea about the basics of money and investing. It just appeared to me. So I started blogging about it on Facebook and Instagram and people started asking me about stuff. I became a bit of a money, money man thing. And I saw a gap in the market and a, a great friend of mine uh, who was my boxing coach and also uh, a friend who did a hundred kilometer ultra marathon with my wife and I, he said to me one day, you're going to write a book and you're going to do it in four weeks. I challenge you, go do it. He wanted me to, he could see the greatness. He knew it was there. And so with his accountability, I sat and wrote this book in a month and then we launched it with a joint book launch together, which was so much fun. And now like I'm, you know, I'll probably sell, you know, 11 to 20 books a day, uh, money grows on trees. And what is exciting about that Miko is this, it gives people the very first step about changing their money story, changing their money behavior, understanding the essence of what money is for to, to produce more money and how to save and how to, you know, compound your wealth and the, the basics, which is what I want to give to people. Cause I just feel like they haven't got it and I have, and I wanted to give it to them. So that's how that eventuated. So on this money tree, money grown tree, how would you put this book that you created to person who wanted to start a business? How would you? Okay. Okay. So in the book, it talks about developing three income streams or having three income streams. Most people I know have one, a job, which is fine. Okay. So I started to got to have a job, got to have some active income, got to have some cash flow to put a roof over your head and food on the table. And you need that. Okay. So don't be too, too in too much of a hurry to leave your job. That's most important. In the book, it talks about my own personal journey. And I was able to, at my job, save a bit of money and start investing in shares, which was basically planting a money tree and producing cash. But one thing I noticed was this. It wasn't enough money. I wasn't earning enough money at my job to accelerate my portfolio to a million figures quick enough to get enough passive income to actually leave my job. I, I just wasn't building fast enough. Because in jobs, you don't get paid a tremendous amount of money and there's not a great deal of amount of tax deductions. So it is hard. It's a long slog to go from employee all the way over to investor. It's just, it's so long. It's 40, 50 years. I didn't have 40 or 50 years. Okay. I just wanted a great life now. So the, coming back to your question, what does this teach people about business? Well, this is the reason why I started my first side hustle. Okay. You can start a business while you're at your job. And we did, we started our network marketing business while we were both working five or six days a week. So great businesses can be built in the pockets of your time from your phone. And that's what we did. We started it for $500. And over the about two and a half years, we built it up to $100,000 of, of net income per year while we were still at our job. And that is the beauty of online business and part-time businesses. You can do it like that. And then once we did that and we scaled it up for a bit more, we actually left our jobs once we had enough cash flow. And after that, it grew so much that I was able to put more, probably about triple the amount of money into our share portfolio, which means 
more passive income. So the money tree was able to grow faster and faster with a side hustle business in place. And now the businesses are great. They're big. They're, they're producing great amounts of cash flow each week, you know? So now it's like the money tree really grows fast. <laughs> so that's why I think people need to start a business, you know, and that book does cover the three income strategy that we use personally. Let's talk about burnout. You know, um, I got a lot, I have a few interviews from from CEO and and founders on 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 this Bootstrap podcast that sure. um, asking about how you cope up with a burn burnout because a lot of you know being an entrepreneurs you have to be on you have to be fast face you have to check whatever in line with your business. Have you experienced a burn burnout, and how you cope um, up? Yeah, look, it, it, you can burn out. Like you feel like sometimes um, you can feel the stress within your body and you can't sleep that well and you're a little bit irritable. You don't feel, you know, like on top of your game or happy, you know, because you, you have pushed your body to the limit because you do, you know, entrepreneurs are hungry. We're hungry beings. We're thirsty for success. And sometimes we get dehydrated of the third, like, cause we're so, we, we, we put so much effort into it. You can burn yourself out. And what I've learned is to try and switch off about Saturday lunchtime until Sunday evening and switch off and get off my phone and just go do other things and sleep in on Sunday morning. And, uh, and, and I've also stopped doing late, late things at night, like at 10 and stuff. I, I just, I've started to get rid of my phone at around 8.30 or something and just put it away. And at those types of small daily habits of just saying, no, that's enough. I'm going to just go and rest now and read my book or something and just have a good night's sleep. That really helps. But for me personally, exercise, it really does make a big difference. So I try and run uh, every day uh, to, to, to prevent burnout. So I like exercise, look after my eating. And I, if I feel like I'm getting stressed and stuff, I just try and change my, um, schedule around a bit and just get off my phone a bit and just recharge, you know, get a good night's sleep or two and then I'm back. So yeah, I think you've got to be careful of burnout because you just want to be at your best all the time. It's no good rocking, being in a situation where you've got to be on point and you're sick, you look tired, you can't think straight and you don't perform well, you know, all that stuff in your relationships. So it, it, it does happen, but when it does be aware of it and change things, I think. This podcast is brought to you by Ospad Syndicate. Powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with a mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to. Right. So my next question is Do you believe on work life balance being an entrepreneur? Because I spoke to, if you know Travis Bell from the Bucket List guy, I asked yeah. him about this and said, I don't believe it, work life balance. Yeah. So, yeah. what do you think about it? It's a funny thing for an entrepreneur to have work-life balance. Work-life balance is for employees. Work-life balance was created by an employee. Um, and so all of a sudden people think, where's your work-life balance? I'm like, well, uh, I love being imbalanced. It, it, it's a personal choice because growth, we know as entrepreneurs that growth comes from imbalance. It, it, it only comes from when you're out of balance. It's the only way you grow, right? So if you're in work-life balance all the time, you're just going to, I mean, you're not going to go backwards, but you're just going to skin along the surface. Elon Musk didn't become the wealthiest guy in the world because he had a work-life balance. 
he he became the, the the most famous entrepreneur of almost of all time because he didn't have a work-life balance. Steve Jobs, much the same. He was a hundred hours a week worker, and Warren Buffett's the same. He works, you know, he works long hours. All of them. Bill Gates. You name all the big entrepreneurs, man, and they have worked hard and long. So I don't think balance is the key. I think happiness is the key. I would say, rather than look for work-life balance, look for life-life happiness. <laughs> And it makes a lot of difference, okay? Because as an entrepreneur, sometimes you got to put in the big yards and you get really unbalanced. And I think you just got to remember to bring it back a little bit and rest up and then go hard again. That's how we work best. And you say you have to have a passion on your business. Of course. I think Steve Jobs said it best when he said, look, the only way to do great work is to love what you do. Truly. And I believe that. I love what I do. I love marketing. I love helping, I love teaching and coaching, I love selling and I love investing and I just love reading. I love all parts of becoming a better person and I love personal challenges and overcoming and inspiring other people and helping and, you know, like I love all that. Like love podcasting with you and this is great. Like it, helping other people is a very fulfilling thing and that's what you get to do as an entrepreneur. When you started your business, it's an online business, how how what how's the idea came up is that did you research you know, yeah very good question um it was an accident i wanted to have an online business but i didn't really know where to start i had no skills in that area well not a lot of skills in that area and what happened was uh, there, uh my my older sister her physiotherapist had closed down his physiotherapist practice he was marketing these health products online and he suggested to my sister that she take a look at it as a customer. She did. She told my wife and I about these products. We started on them very skeptically, I must add. And um, I lost 14 kilos of body fat in 59 or 50 days <laughs> with no exercise. And once that happened, I thought, whoa, that's interesting. I uh, just looked at my photos and thought, that is unbelievable. I didn't even run or anything. I did. It's all about diet. And I thought, this is what a great product system. What a great system. And my sister said to me, look, if you help other people with it, you can earn extra income. And I thought, that's me. I'm open to this. What? How do I do this? And I remember helping a few people at the beginning, just on my phone, just sharing some links. And they got started and we got paid uh, $700 once one week and i said to my wife we have to explore this this is our secondary or third income stream we can develop and we went to an event learned some stuff and and then went from one failure to another until we figured it out and then now we're just you know our highest week to date from that business profit is twelve thousand in a week profit six and a half years later you know so yeah so that's how it happened <laughs> so you're saying that if you have an idea, just go for it. Yeah. Like I think the most important thing is that like for us, we realized the product worked. And so immediately I knew that, well, if you have a really effective product for a problem that most people have, which is, you know, carrying too much body fat, um, then I knew straight away that there was a market for it for sure that it worked for me. And if it worked for me, it would probably work for others like me. And I knew other people like me. So I knew some customers and, I, once we'd been paid that amount of money, it was such a, a larger amount than what I expected that it actually shocked me enough to into action. I thought, well, I'd do that again. I'm going to get $700 a week. That's a $30,000 pay rise. I, I'm, I'm interested in that. So 
before we went all in, we kind of knew the product worked, had helped other people and it worked for them and we got paid for it. So there was a lot of certainty around those things before we decided that we're going to spend our spare time building the business up to six figures and beyond. That's great. So do you have any final advice, anything else you want to share to our audience in getting their ideas to realities? Yeah, look, I think the hardest part is launching, right? You've got to launch. And if you don't have a social media following, an organic social media following or a brand online across those platforms I spoke about earlier, um, then you've got to do that. You've got to post, you've got to do Facebook a lot. You've got to get out there and do that. And I know it's scary, but you just got to start and be, you've got to be bad enough for long enough to get good enough. And you have to be good with that. Like you have to be okay with sucking at things. And again, if you don't have a product and you're th- and you've, you've been stuck there on your product, just go to ClickBank and get an affiliate product or go and join a network marketing business and get a physical network marketing product and just start because it may not be the thing you end with in 20 years time, but you do need to develop the skills of, of launching and running a business. And if, if, if the product thing's getting in the way, go borrow someone else's. And if the audience thing, you don't have an audience, go build one, but they're the things you need. You need a product and you need eyeballs on it, you know, and then just go and make a mess and you'll get a mentor and you'll figure it out. Thank you for that. So for our audience and listener and watching, on, on Facebook and YouTube as well. If, if they want to contact you and want to have a chat with you, how they can connect it with, connect with you, Lloyd? Well, uh, the best way to get in touch with me is Instagram. And my handle on Instagram is Lloyd James Ross with double L, double L-O-Y-D, James Ross, one word. And um, send me a DM. And uh, if you want to grab my book, feel free. The website link for that is uh, moneygrowsontreesbook.com moneygrowsontreesbook.com you can grab it there and uh, connect with me send me a dm and follow me i give a lot of free value do a lot of igtv series and stuff now so yeah uh, get in touch all the links will be on our show notes all right and thank you for your time on our bootstrap podcast under oswood syndicate and also thank you to my sponsor it's kangaroofermediolab.com media lab ptyltd so if you need to launch your own podcast or you want to manage your podcast you can book and call them at kangaroofirm.com thank you so much see you next time for another episode see ya bye thank you for listening make sure to visit our website at www.ospodsyndicate.com.au where you can subscribe to the show in apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. You can also join the conversation with Ospod Syndicate on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please consider on making a donation to help us keep making the podcast you love. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com.